The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. I am Steven Serta. Day four, a full team practice is in the book for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the last day without pads, and the Chiefs will be off on Thursday. So Friday is when training camp really starts for the defending Super Bowl champion. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, the man with the best hair flow on the Chiefs beat, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, what's going on? I really might have might regret going with long hair for camp. I'm trying to get through camp. <laughs> it is hot, and it is curling up on me, and... Uh, and I think if I can just get through for coverage inside, I'll be all right. But uh, yes, uh, you'll see a hat on me later when we record the Arrowhead Pride Editor show. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably not nicer in Kansas City. I don't know if it rained in St. Joe today, but it stormed here for like a half an hour. Got dark, power flickered on and off. I was panicking again because I had pa- didn't have power for a couple of days a couple of weeks ago. Oh. But it's sunny again and uh, supposed to be over 100 degrees later in the afternoon. So. If, if you're if you're listening on the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel, I, I know Steve, you, you take a break and then you play the interviews on from the podium. You'll hear Matt Nagy and George Karloftis joking about the heat. It was like the Sahara Desert. There was no water in sight uh, up here <laughs> in St. Joseph today, and extremely hot. So it, it's good to have practice over with, and, and good to be leading into what will be a much needed day off. And and then, as you mentioned, we get the pads on Friday. So yeah, a lot, a lot to get into after today's practice. And as I mentioned, I I think camp really starts on Friday once they can get into some of this contact and get the pads on and start hitting and everything. But some notes to catch you up on. And uh, Pete, you tweeted out this morning that Nick Bolton wasn't on the practice field. The chiefs did confirm he was out sick today. Still no Chris Jones. Linebacker Isaiah Moore was also out. John Ross was also out. And no Kadarius Tony. And Turk Wharton still remains on the pup. But good thing that, you know, headed into Friday's padded practice, this isn't an injury or anything that Nick Bolton's dealing with. He was just sidelined with an illness on Wednesday. Yeah. And what these days where guys are out and, and again, never want to see anyone out of practice, but when it's a day when they're, you know, they're going to miss a day or two, like a sickness is when they're going to miss a day or two or a bump and a brew bruise where the chief just back off is a day or two. What it affords you. And this is just looking at the solace and the bright side of it is getting to see what the team looks like without key player X. And what you saw today and kudos to him was drew tranquil taking over those green dot duties which is usually up to Nick Bolton to get the defense in place and 
I just think it's impressive the fact that, you know, we're only a couple days still into training camp with the full team, and he has the ability to get these guys in position and work with Steve Spagnuolo to a point where they feel comfortable giving him the green dot in a pinch. Ron Kopp, our lead analyst there, had pride. He, he noted this on Twitter, and I thought it was a good point. Tranquil ends up being the dime linebacker for this team, and he's someone that works his way into potentially even the base defense, certainly the nickel. Are we looking at a player coming in and somehow unseating like Nick Bolton and Willie Gay for the snap count lead? I, I think it's not something that we can say right now. You know, I think the linebacker room is what it is, but it certainly feels like something that could be on the table by the time you get out of training camp. Uh, needless to say, whoever is taking these snaps, and that's something they're figuring out this month with preseason games and training camp, she's in really good hands in the linebacker room. I, I think it's one of those underrated rooms of the team, perhaps the deepest when you really look at um, all the linebackers that, that can play and, and play good snaps for the Chiefs, Leo Chanel, another one. Yeah, as soon as the Chiefs signed Drew Tranquil as a free agent this offseason, I know the AP team, uh, especially our film room guys, we're just salivating at the role that he could have in this defense. So to see him have the green dot this early in camp and stepping in for Nick Bolton in that way shows how much trust they have in him. And I know defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo has been highly complimentary of him so far and and just how he operates and the way he's attacking everything on the field when they don't even have the pads on yet. Yeah, I, I just think it's, it's an interesting room to watch. And it was interesting in, in the base defense to see Tranquil call in the plays uh, you know, flanked by what would be Leo Chanel and 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 Willie Gay, uh, and and players get hurt, right? So uh, I think that was a room where you lose one of those top three guys. Maybe you're a little bit worried, and now you're running four deep. And Steve Spagnuolo likes to rotate these guys on both the first and second level, so you're going to see a lot of different looks, a lot of different players mixing in. And I think Drew Tranquil is seeming like a really nice ad for Brett Beach this offseason. Another thing that I think, and I, we've talked about the last couple of days, but I, I feel like it's maybe the most surprising thing so far of training camp, even though we're still so early, and that's second-year cornerback Nazi Johnson, who continues to get opportunities. And we know the Chiefs are easing in Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie, and they've got a really deep cornerback room right now with – a lot of talented young players who are projecting to have big roles on that defense. But for a guy who was a big time special teams contributor as a rookie to be getting this many reps early on in training camp and to be doing it a lot with the first team defense, I think it says a lot about how the chiefs view him headed into this season. Yeah. And, and I, I just think it, it was a room last year where we saw Steve Spagnolo rotate Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams. And now I think there's another player that is going to make things interesting in Nazi Johnson, Nazi Johnson, the seventh rounder from last year. And I mean, you look at the rest of the league, this was a guy that for a little bit was available on the practice squad for anyone to potentially sign. And I, I want to bring up a name that we haven't talked about in a, a while, Steve, and it's Rashad Fenton. When injuries were with the chiefs and Rashad was, was out and it came time for him to get back in the mix you know, what did you end up seeing? Rather than you know, having to send Nazi Johnson to the practice squad and risk him, they traded Rash, um, Rashad Fenton to the Atlanta Falcons. He was a valuable backup slot guy for the Chiefs who they, they had really liked and really relied on for a long time. So I just think if you think back to that move, that told you how important Nazi Johnson was to this Chiefs team. And I, I thought this was 
uh, interesting. It was both him and Joshua Williams getting the first gunner opportunities uh, when it came time for special teams um, uh, this practice. And I do wonder if Mousie Johnson is able to break through as someone they really want to run potentially at in the, at that starting nickel boundary corner. You start to see maybe uh, him losing those gunner duties because we've seen uh, earlier this week, unfortunately, what sometimes special teams can do when it comes to injuries. So do they take him off of that? It's a developing story and something we'll be certainly watching as pads come on. But yes, maybe it's a rotation of, of three rather than it just being Watson and Williams. Maybe Johnson is in that mix this year for real snaps in the cornerback room. Yeah, I think it's been one of the more interesting things to watch this early in camp. And again, we talked about it yesterday. We've still got a long way to go. There's still a lot of decisions to be made, a lot of guys to get reps and opportunities. So we'll figure all that out as we go. And sticking on the defensive side of the ball, we heard from George Karloftis uh, after practice today, and he kind of talked about the absence of Chris Jones. And it seems like every defensive player is talking about the absence of Chris Jones, but he is still not in attendance at training camp. We'll have to continue to talk about that every single day until Chris Jones decides to show up. But I'm still holding out hope, Pete, that we see him show up and hold in by Friday. I think that's a possibility. Uh, I I remember, you know, before the situation where he, he chose not to report, my prediction was Wednesday or Thursday. And, and Steve, we're running out of time here. We're running out of daylight <laughs> on, on Wednesday. I don't think I'm going to be right about that. Uh, but I think there is a chance for Friday. And I, I think you made a good point yesterday with Neil Hunter and the Minnesota Vikings and holding in. I, I think that would be good for relations between the Chiefs and Jones and his representatives is in good faith showing up to camp. But I, I think fans would understand if he still doesn't want to practice waiting for uh, the deal to come through. You would never want to take the field as you're approaching a monster second defensive tackle in the league extension and risk injury. I, I think we understand that. And but I think showing up would do a lot again for, for the good faith. So I, I think you hope to see that on Friday. I think it's a possibility, but again, until he shows up, players like George Karloftis at the podium are going to get asked about this. And Karloftis is going to you know have to just say, look, uh, we're working on it as a group. Now he mentioned Derek Nadi by name. Derek Nadi has been stepping up. I had mentioned Daniel Wise has been a player that has been stepping in um, last year. It, it reminded me today of when Roderick Johnson was taking the snaps while everybody was waiting for Orlando Brown jr. And then eventually, you know what? Orlando Brown jr. Showed up. And so I anticipate the same with Jones, except this time I, I do, see a contract extension happening. Uh, but again, yes, we will be dis discussing this ad nauseum until uh, <laughs> Jones finally, finally shows up in St. Joe. So I, I think we'll learn a lot more about this defensive line too. Now that the pads are going to come on, it it's really hard to, when there's no contact and they're kind of walking through and trying to take things light early on in camp as they ramp all these guys up, it's really hard to say, Oh, George Karloftis looks so much better this season than he does as a rookie early on in camp or, Chiefs rookie first round pick Felix and DK Uzama like looks amazing so far. We haven't really got an opportunity to judge those players just yet or, or Charles Amenahu. So I think we'll learn a lot on Friday. We'll learn a lot more going forward. And hopefully the Chiefs have Chris Jones at least in St. Joe sooner rather than later while they work on that long term deal. But Pete, moving to the offensive side of the ball. And I feel like you especially we're feeling very confident about which wide receivers were kind of locks for this team. And I know it's early, but Pete, Justin Ross continues to make plays. Rasheed Rice seems to continue to be making plays and looking good as a rookie wide receiver. And 
now if, if Justin Ross finds a way to make this roster, I'm starting to question whether or not we have to we have to start looking at one of these other veteran wide receivers who might be on the chopping block. And initially, we didn't think that was going to be the case. Yeah, there's a there's a huge problem in Kansas City right now. We can get into more details on the editor's show, is, and and that is uh, you got to keep it Sony on the 53 man roster because he practiced for three minutes, which means he's ineligible for the PUP. We discussed a little bit yesterday, and and you probably still want to keep six more receivers because I don't know if he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season. You know, I know the Chiefs are optimistic for Week One; they're saying a chance. Uh, even if he is ready, I don't know if they rush him right back into action without getting some real practice reps. It's been tough to keep him on the field. And so I don't think you're going to want to risk waiving any of these receivers that you want back on your team. So uh, I, in my original 53-man roster, I had six receivers, not including uh, a Justin Ross and Amir Smith-Marset, one of those guys that were hopeful, whereas now I, I think in my next 53, I'm going to have to, to back, you know, backtrack and backwire it a little bit to include seven receivers because I think that's what the Chiefs are going to end up having to do. So who is at risk? And, you know, at that point, um, is it a situation? And I'm just going to name a hypothetical that would come to my mind right here. Okay. Where the chief and uh, have Brett Beach walk up to Blake Bell and say, Blake, we are going to make sure that you're back with the team uh, on uh, what would be September 1st. You're going to be cut today. Sorry about this, but you're a veteran. You're not waived. You have, you know, all those, those years under your belt. So you're just released. We include, I can't even believe I'm about to say this. We include Justin Ross on the initial 53-man <laughs> roster. You, you send Kadarius Tony to the uh, injured reserve, the temporary injured reserve, because remember, they have to make the initial team to do that. And then what you do now at that spot is you go, hey, Blake, remember when you cut yesterday? You're back. Congratulations. And, and this is a family man, probably doesn't want to leave Kansas City. Uh, we'll do a similar handshake type of thing with Brett Beach to, to get him back in the mix, probably give him a little bit of a boost um, in payment to, to do something like that. Uh, and that's how you end up having a, a, a Justin Ross in this roster. And they buy time for Kadarius Tony to be really actually healthy when you're going into week five. And so uh, the scenarios are abound, Steve. Uh, and you're having to see some opportunities for uh, other guys. Uh, you know, I had mentioned that I think Richie James and, and Justin Ross are getting even more time with Patrick Mahomes because of this situation. And the Chiefs have to figure it out. Uh, fortunately, they still, you know, as we talked today, have 43 days to do so. Um, and so we will see what this team looks like by the time we get to that first game against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it, it just seems like when you look at all of the wide receivers on this team right now, like, like, well, it, it seems like they've got a talented player there. It seems like he's a talented player. We've seen this guy produce in this offense before. And so it's still the, the room with the most question marks, uh, but it, it seems like we are getting as much as we possibly could want out of this wide receiver room, at least early on in camp. And still plenty of time to go, still a, a lot of decisions to be made. And I, I wanted to ask you about Isaiah Pacheco. It seems like second day in a row, he at least has been on the field for seven on seven drills and continues to get worked back in slowly and it really is seeming like the Chiefs are expecting Isaiah Pacheco to be ready to go at, the, at, at uh, week one of the NFL regular season. Yeah, continues to go well. We're seeing a little bit more each and every day. I don't think the Chiefs are going to put him in pads on Friday, right? I, I still think he'll be in that yellow non-contact jersey. But yesterday, for example, we saw three seven-on-seven snaps. Today we saw him with the ball in his hands. With the yellow jersey, the Chiefs defenders go nowhere near him, which is what you want to see right now. But... I think they're being overcautious. I think this is the 
the Rick ramp up, if you want to call it that, where he's working directly with uh, Rick Burkholder and they're inching him along. And again, uh, I, you know, I know I've sound like a, a broken record when I keep mentioning the 40 days, but this is an abnormally long training camp. So there's absolutely no reason to be rushing Isaiah Pacheco along. So as he continues on his inching his way path, he continues to look better and better. And I, I can't see, unless there were to be a random setback, uh, him missing any time uh, during the regular season. And I wouldn't be stunned with how many practices there are between now and the first preseason game. But you don't even you might you might see him for a couple carries in the first preseason game. I probably no more than two or three, right? But like I, I think that's a possibility as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think it's becoming clear that they expect him to be healthy and ready to go, but they aren't going to take any chances with him as they hope to expand his role in year number two in the offense. And this is the final thing for me, Pete. And really, it's just because we do this every year in training camp where we're spending so much time talking about the question marks and the guys that are attempting to make the roster. But how do Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey look? I feel like we haven't talked about the two most important players on the team a single time since trading camp started, basically. Yeah, I, Mahomes is, is dishing the ball to, to Kelsey. I, I, I think you're right. It's funny. Whenever we're up here, especially I feel like at the beginning, it's like the Chiefs are trying to see what they have with other players and featuring them a little bit more. Like, we've seen a lot of Sky Moore. We've seen a good amount of Rasheed Rice. You know, we've seen them trying passes uh, to an example to to adjust Ross with Patrick Mahomes. Kelsey has catches here and there, as you would expect. He's living in the middle of the field and and draws a lot of attention and still manages to catch the football. Uh, so that you know they've been good, but it, I I just think when we're at training camp, we're trying to figure out more about these new players and how new pieces fit. Whereas as Nagy was alluding to in his press conference. You know, Mahomes and, and Kelsey are the mainstays, right? I mean, we know what we know exactly what to expect from them. You know, at some point here, maybe Travis Kelsey starts to have a few let, yet less yards. Has shown no sign of that uh, any in any of the past seven years, uh, and so they look good, right? I mean, they look, look as they do. We know that Travis Kelsey is still going to be the number one target on his team, but I think the team and Mahomes make a point of it to like let's test these younger players. He talked yesterday about testing cornerbacks. I think he's testing it with some of the younger offensive weapons he has more. So I think they see more targets when we're here early in camp. And I think that's intentional. Yeah. I, I just, I, every now and then I, I got to ask about the future hall of famers because we just do not spend a lot of time focused on them. And I get it. It's training camp, but even Steve, yeah. you haven't, you haven't asked many questions about Justin Ross. What are you talking about? <laughs> Especially Kelsey, man. I, he's getting up there in age. So, like, I, I don't think you'd expect to see, like, a noticeable decline or anything in training camp. But just got to keep tabs on, on the Chiefs' most important players. But if you're listening to us on the Arrowhead Pride podcast page, I encourage you to stick around after the break. We will have all of the press conferences from Wednesday's media availability. We heard from offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, as well as wide receiver Richie James, center Creed Humphrey, and defensive end George Karloftis. As Pete mentioned earlier, Arrowhead Pride editor show is coming your way this afternoon with uh, a deeper dive on everything that he's seen so far at training camp. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. And as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow everything that we do at arrowheadpride.com as well. And you can follow Pete on Twitter at PGSween. But with all of that, there is no practice tomorrow and the pads come on Friday. We will talk to you then.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Wednesday, the Chiefs took the field once again in St. Joseph, Missouri for day four of full team practice. They are off on Thursday. The pads come on Friday. Training camp officially begins. They can start hitting people on the football field. But on Wednesday, we heard from offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, as well as wide receiver Richie James, center Creed Humphrey, and defensive end George Karloftis. We'll go in that order, starting with the Chiefs offensive coordinator. We'll follow that up with Richie James, then Creed Humphrey, and we'll wrap things up with George Karloftis. Here's Matt Nagy. Good, good, good. Got good weather. Nice and cool. What, are you guys hot? Only the weather a coach could love. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it's really fun. It, it's great, you know, because you you get into the uh, OTAs like we had, um, and you get going again. You pick back up, and the guy, the the players have been phenomenal. Just the mental side of it, um, getting into the scheme stuff. You know, Coach Reed always likes to keep things fresh. So for us as a staff, and then you come here, and I think it's an amazing setup here. Um, the fans are great. The people are great. The players come in with a great mindset. They also know what they're about to get into with Coach Reed's camp. We kind of gave them a preempt in OTAs, but they're handling it well. And, you know, you have some mistakes here or there, but I think the biggest thing is, is the effort there, and it is. Yeah, we saw some of those creative plays today. I mean, we, we've seen that, you know, Pat and Kelsey, they got their, their say about what they want to do. What, what kind of say do you have? Um, I have a little, uh, but it goes, it goes to, uh, to two people, Coach Reed and Patrick. And Kelsey's got a little sprinkle, too, when he wants to, if Coach decides that he wants to listen to him. But we have a good time. I mean, a lot of this stuff, um, there's so many plays in this playbook, and we like to be able to keep the fun in practice with the players, keep the fun in the games, as long as they know how to, you know, uh, if you have somebody do something they're not necessarily always used to doing, um, do it the right way. And I think that's the beauty of Coach Reed in this offense. Um, you always think with a new offensive coordinator, there's a new language, new mm-hmm. words. Yeah. But you've been here, you were coordinator, yeah. then you left, and then you came back, and then you were... But, do you have new words in this offense? Are there things that are tweaks for you now that you're back in the saddle? There's a few things, um, but but honestly, that's every year, regardless of who the coordinator is. I think that's again, I go back to Coach Reed, where this all starts. You know, in the end, his mind every season is always going to new things. Um, we want to be able to do the stuff that works, but the creativity of of Coach with that beautiful mind board. Um, in, in his office is what's so cool for these players and coaches. Myself, um, there might be some things here or there that I, I have an idea with or another coach has an idea that we didn't have that's on, that was on staff last year that he didn't have the idea last year and it comes in this year and we tweak it and change things. And 
I think that's kind of the beauty of this offense. Wayne's over there talking to Vahe. How quickly has he picked up? It's it's been really really good to have him in here and see. I, I've been impressed. I haven't told him this yet, but I'm really impressed with how well he's picked it up. Now, he's been in um, some offenses over the years. He's been in this thing a long time, and you know there's several different languages to different offenses across the league. And so once you're able to um, translate what our words are in our language, it you kind of word associate with what you came from. He's been phenomenal with it. Say that again? What are you missing without Kadarius being Well, probably the biggest thing would just be um, some of the timing, the experience with Pat um, and, and getting some of that timing. But we, we, uh, we were able to get some of that in OTAs. And, um, you know, for Kadarius, his mindset coming in, I know it was quick, but coming in here um, that first day and his first couple meetings, um, being locked in with the stuff, and, and we'll get him back, get him healthy, and uh, get ready to rock and roll. Matt, Matt, you mentioned the timing. You mentioned the timing. We'll get Richie James here in a minute. Yeah. Where is he in the offense and picking up that timing? Richie, doing well. I mean, you can tell he's been in other offenses. You can tell he's been in this league. I think he's 27. He's been around a little bit. Um, some of these wideouts, you know when they have a feel, and they know the timing with the quarterback. They understand the defense. They know when to speed up their route. They know when to slow down their route. They know how to play in zone. He's got that. You also have to have that confidence, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does this this, uh, this preseason. How difficult not to notice the amount of time that you guys are providing Justin Ross with the pack. Yeah. What led to that decision? How did Felix he's done so far? Well, I think um, it's going to be fun this uh, preseason to see the amount of players and competition that we have in that room. They're all they come in different sizes, um, and, and he's one that's a bigger wide receiver. But when you watch him, he he really excels at route running. So. Last year, it was almost kind of treated like a redshirt year for him. And, I, you know, mentally being in the meetings, now physically coming back out here and doing what we said is learning his timing for Pat to understand how he runs routes and for him to understand how to run the routes. So it's, it's going to be immense growth for him in a good way. I relate it to Sky Moore. Scott, Sky Moore last year came in, man. He was just drinking out of a fire hydrant. There was a lot of stuff coming in at him. And you can't play fast when you're – it's hard to play fast as a rookie. Now you get a second year, um, and it's somewhat that way for, for Ross. Matt, with, with Pacheco, one thing he did, seems to excel, he doesn't get stopped at the line. Of yeah. He seems to always get some yards. He, he was better that even than Kareem was as a rookie. What leads to that? What gives him that? Mentality. I mean, you, you see him. He's out here. Um, we were joking about it. I mean, he's so angry right now that he's not in here running, running reps in practice, so he's getting extra work. And, this guy, man, he is going all the time. And you say to yourself, is it ever going to stop where he just – you catch him one time where he doesn't have that mentality, and it's 24-7. So that's in his DNA. He's got that. And when you're a football, you run with the football in your hands, and you have that mentality, man, it's, it's hard to stop. Matt, early impression on two guys, uh, Rasheed Rice and Matt Bushman. Yeah. Um, well, Bushman, for, I'll start with him. He, he uh, What an OTAs he had. He did a really good job in OTAs. Guy doesn't drop the football, and he's always in the right right spot at the right time. Um, we say he's just slow enough, you know, to be in that spot. Uh, and then Rashi, everybody wants to know. We all want to know. I mean, uh, again, you look for for baby steps of growth, learning this offense. You want to talk about drinking through a fire hydrant for Rashi coming in here. Um, he comes from a no huddle offense, but yet it's a little bit different with the tempo of here and now a huddle play, getting to the line of scrimmage, running your route having conversions with it, and yet being on time, jogging back and doing it again. Came in phenomenal shape here to, um, to, to this training camp, and I think every day he's made 
you know, incremental improvements. And again, it's exciting for us because the sky's a roof with his talent. Last two in the back. Yeah, uh, just generic Prince, he was getting a lot of work in 7 on 7 today. Just kind of what are you thinking about him? Yeah, he's, he's had a great camp as well. I mean, he's uh, he's somebody that, again, in, in OTAs, we were able to uh, to see what he could do. It's more of a passing camp in OTAs. Now we come out here, and it's kind of a continuation of that. What I'm excited for and what we're excited for is to be able to see him put those pads on and see what he does between the tackles. Nick, last one. Matt, for you, being offensive coordinator, what type of mentality Finish, finish, finish. I mean, we harped. I mean, they, these guys, if there's one word that they hear every practice, when we're watching tape, when we're out of practice, every coach, every player is yelling to finish. And you guys see it when, when these wide receivers are downfield. Every now and then you see Kelsey and you hold your breath because he kind of acts like he's going to throw the ball back to the next guy. But we practice that stuff, getting guys to finish to the ball. It's a mentality, it's an attitude, and I think it's what's helped over all these years. Good? All right, take care. How far can you throw? I don't know. I haven't tested the waters yet, but pretty sure I can throw far. Yeah. It looks like there's going to be some fun plays out there for all kinds of creativity. Does that challenge you? Uh, I don't know. I played quarterback in high school, so I don't think anything really challenges me as much. Sarasota guy, man, this heat doesn't do much for you, right? I don't know. I thought like that <laughs> until I got here. That humidity is real. I ain't gonna lie to you. What did you hear about Andrew Miss Camp before you came? <sighs> brutal, yeah. brutal. As a receiver, it's brutal for sure. Yeah. We run a lot, so yeah, we got to keep that wind up for sure. I asked uh, Coach Nagy about you know how comfortable you look in this offense. He said that you look really comfortable. How comfortable do you feel? Uh, I'm pretty comfortable. Um, not been in the league for a, a while now, so I got a chance to play in different offenses. So. Some of the things similar, some things not, but uh, you know you, can, you hear ter certain terminology. Um, but we're starting to get more comfortable as as we go along in camp. Richard, what do you think you bring to the table as a potential punt returner? Punt returner. I mean, that's that's what it is. Uh, I just get. The, Say it again. What's been the message from Dave Tuck so far in some of your books? The messages or? Yeah, just as you guys go with them together. Um, just details, you know, catching the ball, looking the ball in. Uh, when we send the ball, when we send the return up, uh, you know, looking left or looking right. Uh, just little minor things. You know, just letting you play it for the most part. Rich, what are your overall impressions that you've seen before on the sky and the BS? You know, just meeting them, getting a conception of them, just getting a warm with them on the field. How's that been? It's cool to watch them play. And then it's even better to, you know, like play with them. Uh, you see, they, they have that dog mentality, that killer mentality, and it's kind of it kind of makes you, you know, have that same mentality. Uh, yeah. So, Richie, what did Kadarius tell you before the before you signed him? Or did you talk to him beforehand? Nah, he didn't, he didn't know. But um, when I did get here, he's like, okay, that's my twin right there, so we good. Yeah. Does it feel like, um, you know, you've had the, the few couple years of San Fran, then you went to New York. Does it feel like the best is yet to come for you? Oh yeah, I'm always progressing. I always feel like you know I got to get better regardless. Uh, the older I get, the more technical I got to get. So, and I'm not gonna always be as fast as I used to be, but uh, I got to get that technical uh, down real quick. You played in the Mike Kafka offense last year, right? Did you notice similarities here than what you had last year? Some. It's like 10 percent, to be honest with you. I mean, so much going on in his offense, so many moving pieces, um, but it's like very little, very little. What impresses you though about Patrick, who's known to talk to receivers and basically say, "This is what I want. Stay live. I could end up over here. I want you live over here." 
what impresses you or what have you seen in him that may be a different quality that, you know, you, you like that might challenge you? He's not going to take the easy throw. He's going to take the hardest throw. So when he get in that huddle, he's saying, everybody stay alive, like you said. Uh, and you better stay alive because that ball might be coming to you. And he's going to take the one that's the hardest? Oh, he'll take the hard throw every time. He's challenging himself. Um, I would say it's, it's, it's harder to get to your family because we're so far away. Um, obviously, we're in college dorms, so you know how that goes. Uh, <laughs> that, that explains itself. But it's cool. It's, it's, it's a mental challenge that you really want. You don't want to, you know, get too comfortable, and it makes you uncomfortable by just being out here. What's, what's the worst part of the dorm? Like? Come on now. You sleep in a twin bed or, you know, you sleep in a, a seven-foot-tall bed. So that's, um, you know, that explains itself. Yeah, you do, but come on now. This is that ain't gonna. I ain't spending four hundred dollars on a you know sleep mattress or something. So, so what? What are you doing for fun? Then are you are you playing Madden? Like, what are you guys doing in the dorm for fun? Uh, my game haven't came yet, but uh, when it does, I'll be on Call of Duty. Don't worry about it. Are you uh, Xbox or PlayStation? Come on now, PlayStation. Last one. All right, Kadari. I know Kadari's out right now, but what do you just think about the depth of the receiver position right now on this team? Uh, we got a lot of depth, you know. Um, we got a lot of good players inside and out. We've got a lot of moving pieces. Uh, people can move inside, they can move outside. Um, uh, I think we're talented, to be honest with you. I think we're a really solid group. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, y'all. So, Creed, how's camp going? It's been good. Yeah, uh, you know, first four days have been really good. Uh, it's been good to get to uh, get to back to work with everybody and, uh, you know, just enjoying the time right now. Nobody seems to mind this heat. And it's going to turn up next week? <laughs> yeah, you know, this isn't too bad. You know, I was training in Oklahoma and it was pretty hot down there too, so, uh, you know, I'm feeling good. Yeah, they honored you down there in Oklahoma. Just just what was that experience like? And then you got the bull riding too here, so what's the offseason just been like? It's been, a, it's, been, it's been an interesting one for sure, but, uh, you know, the, the main focus is still, you know, training, uh, getting better for the year, so... Uh, you know, it's been good, balanced it out really well, I feel like, and, uh, you know, I feel like I came back in good shape and everything, so. With all the new additions at the O-line, just how are you guys coming together so far in training camp, and what are, what are you seeing from, from them? Yeah, you know, they've been, uh, they've been, they've been great so far, you know, they're, the everybody's been really eager to learn, everybody's been really eager to, you know, grow together, uh, build chemistry together, so it's been, uh, it's been really good, you know, uh, you know, I say this all the time when you got five guys up front who have the same mindset and everything like that, you know, it's, it's going to lead to good results. And, uh, you know, I feel like they did a good job bringing in guys that have the same mindset as us. I think the, uh, I think the pass come on Friday. Can you explain what the excitement is when you do have that first Friday practice? And then can you explain the grind when it's day two, when it's back-to-back and pass, which you obviously won't do in the regular season? Yeah, you know, uh, that's the that's the beautiful part about camp is uh, you know it's uh, it, it builds mental toughness so uh, you know it's something that you fight through uh, on those days that you don't want to go but uh, it makes you a better player for it uh, you know I think everybody's really excited to get the pads on it's a uh, it's a lot more fun a lot more fun playing football with pads for sure uh, so uh, you know I think everybody's really excited for Friday. Who was the, who was the most excited last year on the first day pads? Trey Smith. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets to hit people when he has pads on. Do y'all get him, like, EB talked about his big head. Do y'all talk about that, too? <laughs> nah, we, we stay away from that. <laughs> hey, Craig, would you run blocking for a guy like 
the checker who's just so physical that doesn't get stopped in the line very often. Do you, do you have to have a different mentality? Do you have to you know, have a different approach you when know, you get a guy like that running behind you? No, you know, uh, you know, mindset stays the same. You know, you're trying to move your opponent from point A to point B. So, uh, no matter who's behind you, that's your job. And uh, you know, you're trying to dominate the line of scrimmage. So, uh, it doesn't really matter who's behind you when you're doing that. Uh, the, the objective's the same. Yeah, you know, uh, it's the running room we have is great, man. Uh, having guys like Bob, having guys like Clyde, Jet, you know, it's been a it's been a great room. Uh, all those guys uh, feed off our energy. We feed off their energy. So uh, we worked really well together so far, and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Have you had a chance to catch some dinner? Some yeah, yeah, uh, excited about him. Yeah, he's looking really good so far. Uh, big, physical, fast. He's he's, uh, he's he's got some talent. Uh, you know, I can't really say too much. I'm trying to block my guy. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, impressed with him. You know, I got to play him in college, and he was at Texas. So, uh, you know, I've I've been impressed with his game. Uh, he's a good player. Plays hard. Plays fast. Has a really good motor. Uh, long. Some good moves too. So, uh, yeah, I'm a. I think he's going to be a good addition for us. You got two new tackles this year. Just kind of, what are your thoughts on them? I know it's early on, but for Jawan and. Uh, yeah, uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, uh, just uh, both guys came in eager to learn. Uh, you know, ready to get after it, ready to get better, and ready to grow as a unit. Uh, so when you have guys that come in with the same mindset like that, uh, you know, good results tend to happen. So uh, we're really excited about them, and it's uh, it's been fun so far being able to practice with them and get to know them. Couple more guys. Let's go, Harold, and then we'll go Nick. Close out, go ahead, Harold. Three. When you've worked with guys like Trey and Joe for a little while now, it's always interesting to find out what more you can learn about each other. What have you continued to learn about those guys? Yeah, uh, just you know the way we communicate, uh, the way we don't have to communicate as much. You know, we're on the same page quite a bit now. We've been playing this going to be our third year together, so. Uh, you know, just playing with guys like that, uh, everybody feeds off each other really well. You know, you got Trey setting tones, you got Joe setting the tone, you know, I'll set the tone, and uh, we kind of make it a competition throughout the game about uh, doing stuff like that. So uh, it's uh, it's been a really fun group to play with, and uh, you know, I'm just excited to get back to get back to work with them. Creek getting to be a part of the line masterminds a couple weeks ago. What was the experience like? Not only teaching, but what did you take away that helps you? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's a it's a great event to go to. You know, I think we had over 250 people this year. Uh, it was a it was a great learning experience, man. You get to just you know pick brains of you know so many different people, so many great players, and it's uh, it's always a great time. You know, uh, get to watch a ton of film. You know, see see different defensive players. You know, all the all their great rushes, the all the moves they can set up, the tomfoolery they show, things like that. You know, just swiping hands. You know, doing so many different things and. Uh, you know, just the way guys uh, combat that, and uh, it's really cool to see you know different approaches to the game, but uh, kind of lead to the same objective and same goal. Though it's uh, it's really cool to see, and uh, you know, it's always great to get you know different perspectives. Okay, thanks, Reed. Yep, thank How's camp going? It's pretty cool. You know, pretty cold day today. Uh, it's been going pretty good. You know, uh, we have a great group of guys. You know, we have guys that have. Uh, had some experience playing, a lot of new guys, some young guys, so it's been great. George, without Chris here, I know that's got to be something for the defensive line. How are you guys all collectively trying to start with Yeah, just, just as a group, you know, we had a, we've had a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball, you know, starting with Derek Nottie and Mike Dana, you know, I played some ball, Charles Menehue, you know, just 
when you when you have a guy like that and he's not here right now, uh, you got to fill that that void as a collective. So that's kind of what we're doing. George, what was this offseason like for you? What did you want to improve on the most from your rookie year? You know, just 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 everything. You know, an all encompassing approach and really not leaving a, st- a stone unturned. Uh, you know, that, that, that was a big thing for me and just some self reflection and trying to improve in every possible way I can, just so I could be an all around great player like I want to be. Is that the defensive motto, defense rock solid? Yes. Is everybody got a shirt like that on defense? Every defensive player does. I, I was wearing a white shirt underneath and it's kind of see-through, so I <laughs> probably should have uh, put this shirt on. What did you take away most, George, from working with Tom Uh Mamma mia, I mean, Tomba taught me a lot. You know, he, uh, you know, from a mental perspective, physical perspective, pass rushing, run stopping, the uh, mentality, uh, just a lot, man. I'm, I'm grateful for him. He's been a great friend, a great mentor, and you know, I'm always looking forward to working with him. George, it looks like with Frank's departure, Mike Davis has step into that role. What do you expect from him, and maybe a role where he's going to be getting more snaps? Mike's a baller, man. Mike can really play. Uh, we everybody's always been confident in Mike. There's, he's he's a guy that does everything right, on and off the field. You could always trust and depend on Mike, you know, so whenever whenever he's next to you, whenever he's on the opposite side of you, you know that, that he's going to hold it down on his side. So, uh, you know, I'm super excited. Obviously, Mike's a phenomenal player, and it's, it's, I think he's going to have a great year. George, uh, George Chris is the, the leader on the defensive line, right? What do you guys miss for him not being here? Just like I said, you know, that, that veteran presence, obviously, you know, his, his accolades and what he's done speaks for itself. You know, he's one of the best, if not the best, defensive player last year. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of a void there, but we try to fill it as a collective. You know, we have guys that have played a lot of ball, and uh, you know, we try try to fill that void and kind of be all all united. Second half of the season last year, pretty much any metric across the board, you were one of the best edge rushers in the league. How do you feel like you can build on that? What are you taking from that second half of the season, and, and what really kind of clicked in for you? Yeah, you know, I think after a bye week, you know, for me, uh, there is a point where you just kind of look yourself in the mirror. And you start figuring stuff out. You take you take a step back. You focus. You talk to people. You have epiphanies or eurekas or whatever, and uh, you figure it out. Uh, so that that started happening. You just build on that. You know, feel feel a whole lot better, uh, both physically and mentally, being out here on year two. And I'm just super excited to hit the ground running with these guys, man. Was there any big epiphany that you looked back on last year you took away? <laughs> I mean, uh, not not specifically. No, you know the. Playing defensive line, defensive end, it's a very technical position. So you got you always have to keep on working. I don't think there's a single guy in the league that's like, no, I'm done. So uh, you just got to keep on working on just about everything. You just figure out a way to do it more and more consistent, consistently. You know, it's the truest uh, measure of a man's mental toughness, consistency. So. Last couple years, Nick. Yeah, George, you're one of the few guys up there wearing sweatpants today, and that humidity. What type of mindset are you taking out there to challenge the game? What heat are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I, I just figured I did this all OTAs, and uh, in the game, you got to wear the pants, and then you got to wear tights underneath because of the NFL rules and all that stuff. So just more to get used to that uh, rather than anything, get some more sweat off and all that stuff. So. Are you excited about pads Friday? No, I know. Wearing pads. Yes, so yeah, I'm so excited. So excited. It's going to be great. What's that first thing about pads like? Just, just in the NFL. But it's it's like the game, you know. It's like it's it's the real thing, and it's, you know, that's where the that's where the real guys are going to show out, and uh, it's it's always really exciting. So, thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.